I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. So tonight we're going to be talking about why it's time to pray for the ministry gifts or the ministry leaders. For those of you that don't understand what the ministry gifts are, we I defined it last week. I'm not going to get into that because I want to make sure we get out everything we need to get out and I don't want to belabor the point. Um, basically when we talk about praying for your ministry leader, we have to remember that it's the, not the prayer of faith, not the prayer of commitment, not the prayer of worship. It is the prayer of intercession. Job 22 and Job 42, Job chapter 9, uh, John 15, 12 and 13. It is the greatest act of love. And when you pray for your ministry leader, your pastor, your teacher, Joyce Meyer, or, or whoever it is that's in leadership, you're laying one hand on them and one hand on God, and you're the mediator and you're the intercessor. You're not praying for yourself. You're standing in the gap, uh, Ezekiel 22:30, on the behalf of your ministry leader. And we are living in a time and we are living in a day where now more than ever, our ministry leaders need prayer support. We talked two weeks ago about how we are Aaron's and hers. We are holding up the arms and the, and the hands of our ministry leaders so that the power of God and the anointing of God can continue to flow up out of them. And the basic bottom line is, is that our ministry leaders, for the most part, unless, they are, unless they're called into the marketplace, for the most part, are called to reach the multitudes. They have a voice to the nations. They have a voice to cities. They have a voice to a region. They have a voice to their sphere of influence. Uh, it could be their church or their community. So it's very important that we support these ministry leaders and we lift up their arms so that they can operate in the full measure of their anointing. There is, there is a full measure that each ministry gift has. And I've, I have seen in my own life and sometimes in the lives of other friends of mine, we're not always able to flow in the full measure of the calling of God as, as upon our lives. And there's different reasons for that. But you know, prayer, my friends, opens up the door for God to work. And when you stand in the gap for your ministry leader, you are you are opening up the door for God to work in their lives for that which is in them, John 7, 38, to come up out of them and have full expression and, and, and water and minister to the people they are called to water and minister to. Okay, so why is it time to pray for our ministry leaders? Because we're living in perilous times. And if the enemy can get to the pulpit, he can get to the people. If he can deceive the man and the woman in the pulpit, he can deceive the people. So it's very important that we support our ministry leaders in the place of prayer. Now, the other point I want to make before we dive into this, it's very important, and we're going to talk about the scriptures tonight, that we don't pray our own will, we don't pray our own agenda for them, we don't pray our own opinion over them, we pray the word of God. We don't want to pray witchcraft prayers, we don't want to pray prayers of manipulation, 
We want to pray the pure, engrafted, unadulterated word of God over their lives. And the Bible says this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us and we know that if he hears us, we know that we have the petitions we desire of of the Lord. Now, I can tell you from personal experience, and I hope the Holy Spirit keeps bringing up personal experiences because I'm not afraid to share my struggles with you. If it'll help uh, you to understand why it's important to pray for your ministry leader, then I will share my struggles. I have noticed that every time I've entered into a new phase of ministry or a new assignment, all hell, so to speak, breaks loose. I experience warfare in my mind. I experience um, just a lot of confusion. I experience some inner conflict. I experience sometimes war in my own members, meaning my, my heart says, yes, I want to do what God's called me to do. My mind, my mind and my emotions say, I can't do it. I know that I can do it. I'm not ready to do it. Here we have the Holy Spirit who says to us as leaders, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weaknesses. So that's why the Apostle Paul said, I glory in my infirmities because when I'm weak, that's when I am strong. And nobody knows a ministry leader more than God and, and that ministry leader knows himself. We know our weaknesses. There is none righteous, no, not one. Every single one of our ministry leaders has some kind of weaknesses, some kind of thing that they are dealing with, some kind of, 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 of whatever the case may be, hindrance. But that does not disqualify them from rising and shining, being everything God has called them to be. I think it's very important for us not to bury our wounded. If we have a ministry leader that falls, we have a ministry leader that messes up. We have a ministry leader that goes into sin. I mean, this is not time for, not time for us or even our place to judge our brother lest we be judged. It's our place to stand in the gap. The Bible says, I don't know where exactly, I think Romans 15, 21, the Bible says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Do this lest you yourselves also be tempted. So I believe that God wants to bring restoration some of his ministry leaders. This was not my subject, but it's coming up out of my spirit. There are those that sit in darkness, those that have laid down their mantles, those that have become discouraged, and some are even on the on the brink of giving up in ministry. God wants to bring them instead to a higher level. So it's very important that we stand in the gap and we believe God and pray for these individuals. I am certainly not going to be the one to bury somebody who, who's made a mistake or somebody who has, in the eyes of man, disqualified them. God will not disqualify us. You know, David was a man after God's own heart. And David was a man who did a lot of really bad things. God was interested in his heart. And nobody knows the heart of man. It's the spirit of God that is within that man. And God looks on the heart. We cannot judge one another. We cannot look one another.
So I think it's important for us to believe God for restoration for some of our fallen generals and sergeants and some of our ministry leaders. But getting back to the subject matter specifically, um, it's important that we pray the word of God and not pray witchcraft prayers. Now I'm going to give you tonight some specific prayers that you can pray for your ministry leader. You can pray Ephesians chapter 1. The Bible says, and I think it starts at verse 19. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to start quoting a lot of these scriptures to you for the sake of time. Because you can always re-listen to this. And as a matter of fact, we put this up on our YouTube channel. And the reason we're doing this is to leave a legacy um, for my children and your children. It's in my, my heart's desire to leave a legacy for my children and for um, your children. But the Ephesians chapter 1 scripture talks about, the scripture says, I pray for you. I don't cease to pray for you. Making mention of God, mention of God in my prayers for you. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. You would know what is the hope you're calling. And a really good prayer that you can pray for your ministry leader is that specific. Ephesians chapter 1, I think it's 19 through 21 prayer over them. Pray that eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. That God would open up their spiritual eyes to the truth of God's word. Hosea 10, 12 says, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. And as the Holy Spirit enlightens the ministry leader, he, 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 he enlightens them so that the ministry leader can have wisdom and revelation as to what to minister to the people he is called to minister to. Because the people in that congregation or in that spirit of influence that he has, some of them are perishing because of a lack of knowledge. I can tell you um, as a leader and someone who does a lot of public speaking, I can tell you that there's times, you know, I'm invited to speak somewhere and I am not hearing from God. So I call my intercessors and I say, could you please pray for me? And they, start, they pray for me, and they specifically pray that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened. And as you pray that prayer, the, the, the heart of the man or the woman of God who's the leader, their eyes begin to, to be open, and they begin to see truth in the word of God that they had not seen before by revelation. Revelation is something that you walk in, something that comes alive, something that you've never seen before. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be sharing at the very end of this live, from Acts chapter 12, verse 5, towards the, mostly the end of that particular chapter. And God opened up my eyes by revelation and gave me a whole book on Acts chapter 12, verse 5, of specifically why it is important to pray for the ministry leader. And it all came by revelation. And I was in a little room getting ready to speak in this church in um, Olive Branch, I think it was Long Island, and God downloaded this message into my heart, and it didn't come from my head, it came from my heart. We need our leaders to operate in wisdom and in revelation. When they operate in this kind of revelation, it flows up out of them, and it bypasses the heart, the minds of the hearers, and goes deep down into the hearts of the people, and therefore, they can be doers of this word and not just hearers only. Another prayer that we can pray for our ministry leaders is the Ephesians chapter three um, verses. You know, I think sometimes we forget that our ministry leaders need to be reminded that God loves them, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, that, they're, that his love for them is unconditional. It's not based on performance, not based on works, 
peace on it, unconditional love. And those of you that are ministering with you, you understand what I'm talking about. You labor in the word, you labor in counseling people, you you know, you you pour out of what you have. Sometimes we forget that God not only loves people that we're ministering to, God loves us as well. When I had this prayer meeting in my home on May 15th of 2018, the very last thing that happened in that beautiful prayer meeting was at the very end, one of the songs that came up was, Jesus loves me, this I know. And it was just like a reminder because there was all, there was 62 leaders here. And it was just like precious because it was a reminder that God loves us. Yes, the ministry leader, we forget that. So it's important for you to pray. Mm, yeah, especially if you have an ins if you sense that your leader is a bit insecure, it's important that you pray the Ephesians chapter three prayer over them. Pray that they would come to know the height, depth, the breadth, and the length of the love of God, the love that God has for them. And a revelation of the love of God will drive out the insecurities, will drive out the fears. When I first began ministry in 1980, I was a young girl. I was probably, tw I forget, 21-ish. I would have to, I can't do the math at the moment. But when I was a young girl, I, I mean, I was a young girl. I had insecurities. And I had fears and there was things going on. But the more I was rooted and grounded in love, according to Ephesians chapter 3, three the more I grew as a ministry leader and I grew in grace and I grew in confidence and I grew into what I am today. I'm not perfect. I still have things that go on, you know, things that God's got to deal with. You know how that goes. We're never, ever, ever going to be, you know, perfect people. But, but there, there is a time and a season of that forming process that we weeks ago where God shapes the leader and so if you sense that your leader is a little insecure don't talk about him pray for him okay so pray that particular prayer um I remember one time I was laboring in, in the word of God and and just getting ready to speak somewhere and, and and I had some natural things going on in my life that that were kind of troubling and one day God just said to me you know what Margie I love you more than I love that ministry that I've called you to. He said, I care more about you than I do about that ministry. I'll never forget those words. Those words are so branded in my heart. You understand that God cares about me because as a ministry leader, you carry the weight and the burden of the assignment. And sometimes if we're not careful, we will carry that load of ministry. The apostle Paul talks about, um, how he carried the weight and the load of the ministry, and God didn't want him to do that. God wants the ministry leader to cast all of their cares, all of their concerns, once and for all, over on him. So when we pray that, that God will give them a revelation of his love, it reminds the ministry leader that they are loved by God, not based on performance, but based on just an unconditional love, and that's a very freeing place to be as a leader, okay? Okay, another thing that we can pray for our ministry leader is open doors. Colossians 4.3 says, the Apostle Paul said. Now, the Apostle Paul, like most ministry leaders, didn't ask for much. The one thing we will find as I read these scriptures to you is that the Apostle Paul, one of the things he consistently asked for was prayer. And, his, and this, he was not asking for prayer for himself. He was asking for prayer because he had an assignment. He had something God had called him to be and called him to do, and he wanted to fulfill that assignment. He wanted to run the race successfully that was set before him. He wanted to finish his course 
He wanted to complete the entire assignment that God had for him to do. So the Apostle Paul often prayed, asked for prayer, okay? And you won't always hear your pastor asking for prayer, but it's, a, but it's good to know that he needs prayer just like any other person, okay? Now, the Bible says, Colossians 4.3, Meanwhile, praying also for us, he said, that God would what? That God would open to us a door. A door for what? A door for the word. He was interested and concerned that the word of the Lord would have free course and that he would be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. He was very concerned that the word of God was, was able to go into the hearts of the cities and the people's hearts he was sent to do. So he said to the, to the people in Colossae, he said, please pray for me. Pray what? That God would open us to us a door. Listen, he said to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. So he asked for prayer. And this is a good prayer to pray for your ministry leader that God would open a door for the word of God. You have a call of God in your life. The word of God is like fire in your bones. And it's like that prophet said, woe is me if I don't preach that word. I'm going to tell you from experience what I've learned and what I've seen in my own life is that not all the time is the word that we have been that we have put in our hearts. It is not always easy to get that word out. So when you begin to pray that the word of God will have free course, you begin to pray that doors will be open for that word. God will answer that prayer and the enemy, John 10, 10, he will have to flee. Okay. So pray for open doors. It says here in Revelations 3, 6 through 8, these things says he who is holy and he who is true, he who has the key of David and he who opens and no man shuts and shuts and no one opens. He says, I know your works. And then he goes on to say, he says, see, I have set before you an open door and no man can shut. Okay. I understand the scripture says no man can shut it. I get it. But I'm going to tell you, when God has opened a door for us, there is always going to be war there's always going to be some adversary, the devil, who goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he does not want that ministry leader to go through that open door. The enemy sees into the realm of the spirit. He can see God has opened that door, but he wants to come right in and he's going to try to sift that ministry leader as we. It is our responsibilities as men and women, as people who support the leaders. It's our responsibility to pray that. That, that, that door will continue to remain open and that Satan will not have his way. As a matter of fact, when I was uh, getting ready for this tonight, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say to me, those of you that are on staff or on a ministry team, you not only have a natural responsibility, but you have a spiritual responsibility. You're not just called to work in the office and you're not just called you know, to usher, and you're not just called to, you know, to clean the church. You are called as a, as a team leader in that ministry, as a watchman, and you're called to circle that ministry leader in prayer and intercession, okay? So remember that you not only have a call in the natural, you not only have a natural job to do, you have a spiritual call and responsibility, and that is to pray for your ministry leader. 
So he says, I've set before you an open door, but you bind the enemy in Jesus' name. You command him to take his hands off of that open door that God has set before that ministry leader. And when you do that, the enemy has to flee. Okay, Ephesians 6, 19. Here, the Apostle Paul said, and you know the scripture. First, he's talking about the full armor of God, and he's going on and on. And then he says in verse 18, I want you to pray for, for um, all manner of prayer, pray the, especially in the spirit. And then in verse 19, just before the very end, the Apostle Paul says, he says, oh, and P.S., by the way, could you please pray for me? Pray for what? Pray that utterance may be given unto me that I may open up my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So the one thing the apostle Paul said, he said, could you please pray for me? Pray that I would open up my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Pray that I would have utterance. I've gone into meetings and, 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 and conferences and, and, and I can tell when a church is a praying church, and I can tell when they're not a praying church. When they're a praying church, they have wisdom, revelation, it's easy, it flows. If they're not a praying church, it's very difficult at times. It's very difficult to, um, to, uh, to, uh, to have what has been deposited in me to come up out of me and have full utterance. And I'm going to be honest with you, it can be very frustrating when you sit in your office for seven straight days and you pray, and you seek God, and you put together 25 pages of notes, and you go somewhere, and you don't have utterance, you don't have boldness, you don't have freedom of speech, but you as intercessors, you as ministry people, you as, 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 as people of, and men and women of prayer, you can change the spiritual climate and atmosphere of a church, a congregation, and a meeting. How? Through your prayers and through your intercessions. Praying for your ministry leader, that God would give him utterance, that what is in his heart would have free course, that he would have boldness to speak the word. And I'll tell you, if you're a prophet, and if, if a person is called to be a prophet, they need boldness. You know, it takes uh, boldness and it takes confidence to speak the word of the Lord. When the word of the Lord comes, and the word of the Lord is not necessarily a sugar-coated word, I guess you could say, and it's more of a corrective kind of a word, one needs boldness and confidence to speak that word. We need to believe God. God will give our ministry leaders utterance and boldness, okay? This has been coming out of my mouth, but now I'll give you the verse. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 through 2 says, Finally, brethren, here he's saying it again to the church at Thessalonica. He said, pray for us. He, you know, he's getting pray for us. Could you please pray for us? And then what was he asking them to pray? He said, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified. His concern and the concern of his heart was for the word of God, for that which was in him to rise up and have free course. He said, pray that, that the word of the Lord would run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you. And he said, that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men who are not all have faith. And I can tell you the, uh, by experience, you know, God can call a ministry leader. He can anoint our, a ministry leader. But there will be opposition. As long as we are in this world, there is going to be opposition. Sometimes the opposition comes from, from uh, the devil, and sometimes it comes from people. 
And so what we need to do is we need to pray that the word of the Lord will have free course and that our ministry leaders would be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. Because it's all about getting the, the, it's all about building the kingdom. It's all about God having his way in the earth. Okay. Now, I want to get into this with you. Acts chapter four, I want to show you something. We, we also should pray for boldness. We said that already. And for healings and miracles. There are ministry leaders right now in the earth today that are, that are rising like giants in the land. They're anointed Psalms 92.10 with fresh oil. And there is untapped giftings, callings, and resources on the inside of them. We need to pray and we need to believe God and covet earnestly. Power gifts will be in manifestation. Believe God that signs and wonders and miracles will be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Believe God for, for signs and wonders. Okay? I'm going to show you something. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. But I'm not going to get into all the scriptures for the sake of time. But the Apostle Paul's, the fivefold ministry gifts, those who were raised up in that day and in that hour, those who were called and anointed and appointed and separated by God from their mother's womb, here we see them rising up. And they're speaking with boldness and confidence. And there's a man at the, at the gate called Beautiful. And, and, and Peter and John go up to the man at the gate called Beautiful. And, and the scripture says that he told this man to look on them. They, he said, silver and gold I don't have, but such as I have, give I to you. I have a measure of the anointing in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. The Bible says Peter and John pulled him up. And he began walking and leaping and praising God. And there was such a move of God in the, in the beginning of the birth of the church age. Peter was speaking boldly. And, you know, instead of doing stupid things like he did before he was baptized, the Holy Spirit born again. Okay, He was speaking boldly and, 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 and signs and wonders were following him. And the man at the gate called Beautiful was healed. And first 3,000 souls were added to the church. 5,000 souls were added to the church. And the people that came against the church in that day and in this, that hour were really the religious people, the people who were self-righteous, the religious folks, and they were unreasonable and wicked men. They were, their hearts were filled with pride. They were upset that little Christ-like ones were suddenly emerging all over the earth. And they, the Bible says in Acts 4-2 that they were greatly disturbed that these apostles, these ministry leaders, who had been trained to do this kind of work by Jesus himself personally, they were greatly disturbed. These uh, people preached Jesus, the resurrection from the dead. And the Bible says in verse 3 of Acts 4, the scripture so says that these religious people laid hands on them, put them in custody until the next day, okay? And then we're not going to get into all the scriptures for the sake of time. But the scriptures, you know, they, they, they did say, by what power, what name are you doing these miracles? Because what was happening is the attention was off the religious folks and their self-righteous deeds. And now it was upon Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, on the grace of God, on people getting healed, and people being restored, and people's lives being changed. And these religious people did not like it one bit. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that religious spirit is still in the earth today? Absolutely. Do you think that demons and religious spirits 
and people who are jealous of what's happening in the earth today and the church world, do you think that they're greatly disturbed? Absolutely, they're greatly disturbed, and they do not want this message of the gospel of the kingdom to go forth. That's why it's very important for us to support our ministry leaders. Okay, they said, by what power or name have you done this? And Peter, of course, stands up and he preaches about Jesus being the chief cornerstone and so on and so forth. And the Bible says that they, they saw the man who had been healed, the religious people, and they, they really couldn't say anything about it. That's why we need signs and wonders and miracles. Because when Jesus starts to manifest himself in signs and wonders and miracles, you cannot deny miracles. You cannot deny the power of God. You cannot deny Jesus when he begins to demonstrate himself in signs and wonders and miracles. And they said they, they, they came together and they conferred among each other. And basically, this is a fulfillment of prophecy from Psalm chapter 2. Okay, Why do the heathen rage and the, the people imagine vain things? But God said, he that sits in the heavens will laugh because he'll have them in derision. So the devil may try to stop ministries and leaders, and, but you know what? When we pray and we stand in the gap and we understand the war that we are really in, we will not be moved. We'll continue to advance and we'll continue to move forward. So they conferred amongst each other. And listen to this. They said, what are we going to do with these men? For indeed, a notable miracle has been done by them and we cannot deny it. Duh, you cannot deny a miracle, okay? But this is what they said, okay? I'm getting chills. Uh, it says in verse 17, but let it spread no further among the people. Let us severely threaten them that they now speak to no man anymore in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak nor teach at all in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you what I saw in my spirit when I was reading this verse. Never saw this before until now. The church of Jesus Christ, the universal church, meaning the church in the world, we are at a crossroad. And God is about, God is, is bringing us into some, some great and mighty things, Jeremiah 33, 3. And we are at a crossroad. And what the enemy wants to do is he wants to shut up the mouths of the leadership. He wants to shut up the mouths of the five-fold ministry. I'm not going to get into it, but I know several ministry leaders who are and have been going through crazy warfare, crazy hell, being hit physically. The devil's trying to take them out because the enemy sees the potential of what is on the inside of that man and that woman. Sometimes we can't always see it. Sometimes we ourselves don't even see it. Some of you who are leaders in, in budding leaders, even you may even be like a uh, Gideon, you know, you're hiding out in the tents with everybody else. And then an angel of the Lord has to come down and say to you, Hey, Gideon, you know, you're a mighty man of valor. There is so much on the inside of God's budding leaders and his ministry leaders in this day and in this hour. What the enemy wants to do is now like he did in the early church. He saw that there was advancement. He saw that God was working. He saw that people were rising up. So he releases the slime of warfare. I see it like a black slime, the slime of warfare. And I believe some of this is because of the increase of witchcraft and the increase of demonic activity. And I'm going to say it, and I don't even care. You know I'm going to say it anywhere. It's my Facebook Live. I can say whatever I want. Some of it's because of the increase of people who are rock stars and, and, and singers and and, and, and people of major influence 
and and they're 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 releasing all of this activity into the atmosphere it's causing a slime of warfare I remember rick joiner talking about that in some of his books and in some of the visions that he had about the, the music and how it plays a role in releasing things into the atmosphere and interestingly enough as a young young girl god gave me a word about america and one of the words that he gave me and this was maybe 35 years ago he said he said there's going to be an increase of witchcraft in concerts and in these public gatherings it's going to cause the enemy to have gained ascendancy over my people and over my church we're living right smack in the middle of isaiah 61 through 5 6 where the darkness is increasing, but the glory of God is rising in the church. We're at a crossroad where the glory of God is rising, but the enemy's trying to sift us and push us down, and he doesn't want us to speak, and he doesn't want us to teach. I have to be honest with you, the last two days, I, I did have an IV to help get this mercury out of my body, and sometimes that pivots, but I had this, these thoughts. In, in my mind and, and I was tired and I just felt like, you know what, I'm just gonna, what am I doing? What am I doing? This isn't happening, this isn't gonna work. I just start feeling warfare and the weight of warfare. And you know, any ministry leader that's been doing this a long time, after a while you just kind of sit there and they go, all right, well this too will pass. And it always does. My point is, he doesn't want us to speak. He doesn't want us to teach. He doesn't want the, us to preach. So he threatens us with warfare. He threatens us with his black slime and he threatens us with thoughts. Okay, but this is what happened. So they called the ministry leaders in that day and they and commanded them not to speak nor teach at all in the name of Jesus. And you know, Peter and John, they answered and said, what are you kidding me? The word of God is, is like a fire in my bones. We are on assignment. We have, woe is us if we don't preach the gospel. He, they said, whether it be right in the sight of God to listen to you or to listen to, 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 to man. He said, he said, we cannot but speak or preach or teach uh, the things that we have seen and heard. And so the Bible says in verse 21, so when they further threatened them, they let them go because they could not find a way to punish them. Now, long story short, so the disciples go and they gather together and they go into their to their own company. You know, they, that's why it's good to have ministry teams. That's why it's good when you're on staff at a church. It's good to have prayer meetings. I believe in, I believe we should have prayer every morning as a ministry team. It doesn't always happen on my team. I think it's very important to put the word of God and prayer first. We need both to fly. So they they gather together. With, with their own companions and they got into agreement and the scripture says when they heard that they lifted up their voice and unto god and they said listen you are god you made the heavens and the earth the sea and so on and so forth and then they they quote from psalms chapter two and so verse 29 i said all that to say this this is a really good prayer that you could pray for your ministry leader verse 29 and now lord behold look on their threats listen to the threats but grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. So here we have boldness again. Lord, we pray that we'll have boldness to speak your word. We pray that we will be unstoppable, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, that our labors are not in vain. Lord, we pray that you give us boldness to keep advancing. We need something on the inside of us that, that is stronger than us to help us to get through this warfare. So, Lord, we ask for boldness. We ask that you would increase us in boldness. 
And then the scripture goes on to say they not only prayed for boldness, but verse 30, let's just take it up another level by stretching out your hands to heal and that signs and wonders would be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So they prayed for boldness and they prayed for signs and wonders. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So in other words, they prayed for boldness, they prayed for miracles, and the scripture says that they spoke the word of God with boldness. Not only that, but here's a sign and a wonder. The house, the house where they were at was shaken. The scriptures, can you imagine when you start praying on prayer meetings and it's not your body that shakes because you're feeling the power of God, the whole house shook. That's how powerful the prayers were. And the scripture says, now the multitude of those who believe were of one heart, one soul, neither did anyone say other things he possessed was his own, but they all had things in common. And this was a result of their prayers. And with great power, the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. So these are prayers that you can pray for your ministry leader. Now, I really don't think I'm going to continue. I'm going to have to continue this uh, another time. But I do want to talk about, just, 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 I forgot to share with you about 1 Corinthians 16, 9, before we close, where the Apostle Paul said, a wide door for effective service has been opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Rick Renner is an amazing minister, an amazing teacher. And he broke down this particular scripture in 1 Corinthians 16 and 9. And he said, Paul called this unique opportunity not only a great door, but an effectual door. The word effectual is the Greek word E-N-E-R-G-E-S, which we get the word energy. But as used in New Testament Greek, the word energize, E-N-energies, describes something that is forceful, effective, active or powerful. Paul declared that when this door opened to him and to the gospel, it created a divine release of God's power in the city of Ephesus. So we need to understand that there's specific doors that God has set before specific ministry leaders. Okay, but notice what else often accompanies a great and effectual door of opportunity. Paul went on to say, a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. The word adversary comes from the word A-N-T-I-K-E-I-M-A-I, -E -I -I, and it's the compound words anti and K-E-I-M-A-I. -E the word anti means against, and the word K-E-I-M-A-I -I means to lie as with something that is lying around. When these two words are compounded together, they express the idea of hostile forces that are standing in opposition to someone. So you understand the Apostle Paul said a great door and effectual is open, but there's many adversaries. Like we said, there's war at the gate. Um, they express the idea of hostile forces that are standing in opposition to someone. These forces are literally lying all around it against a common foe and just waiting for the opportunity to strike. These sneaky, sinister powers lie in wait to deceive, attack, 
or pry away another's opportunity in order to steal it for themselves. Anytime, any of you that are leaders are listening to this, anytime we find ourselves standing before a rare door of opportunity, people with impure motives and jealousy will appear on the scene to see how they can steal the victory we work so hard to achieve. And I also believe that some of these people are motivated by the devil. You know, the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. People that are motivated and energized by the, by, by the devil can be these adversaries. Okay? So let's pray. I'm going to pray for the leadership that you all represent. And specifically, we're going to pray for open doors. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice that represents or has a ministry leader that they love and that they are committed to. Father, we pray for these ministry leaders. Father, we pray that you would open up doors of opportunities, unique doors, uh, effectual doors. And we pray that these leaders would walk through these open doors with clean hands and a pure heart. We pray that they walk, would walk through and we take authority over any opposing force that would keep these ministry leaders from entering into all that God has for them. I also pray for these ministry leaders. Father, I pray the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that you would upload and download a greater revelation of who you are and what your heart is to them and toward the people. Father, we also agree together. We pray signs and wonders would be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Father, we covet earnestly the power gifts would be in manifestation through the evangelist, the prophet, the, the teacher, the pastor. Father, all of these Bible ministry gifts, the apostle, we pray for an increase of the revelation gifts, Father. We covet them. We desire them. And not lastly, Father, we pray for every ministry leader, every single one that is represented on this live call. We pray that they would have a revelation of the love of God, your love, your heart that you love them with an everlasting love, that you not only love the people they are ministering to, but that you love them as well. And I pray and we pray that everything that they have given out, you pour back into them, super abundantly above all they could ask, hope, dream, Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. You, for more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.